This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. The Tampa Bay Rays are the hottest team in baseball right now. They've started the season 13-0. and 13-0, record-setting performance with the Rays as they beat the Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox, I think, have lost 13 in a row at Tropicana Field. So tell me, the Tampa Bay Rays, you've got a feeling they just can't lose right now. So first of all, just react to the fact that they started the season Thirteen and zero, Booney. Thirteen and zero. It's ridiculous. You know that USA team that was playing in the WBC, right? Uh, that would surprise me if they started thirteen and zero, because that just doesn't happen in our game, especially to start the season. Um, I, I, I'm I'm done trying to figure out Rich the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I'm done. We go into it every year, and we did right. it a few week, we did it a few weeks ago. You know, we have our preseason picks, and how does everybody line up on paper? And uh, I look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Their big guy Tyler Glass now he's he's hurt to start the season, so they're down another stud. McClanahan was their their Cy Young candidate a year ago. He's healthy. Uh, kid in the game today, Springs, he gets hurt in the first or second inning for the Rays. The Rays rally back, end up beating the Red Sox for 13 in a row. I, I don't know. Wander Franco, obviously they signed him to a big deal, big talent. Uh, uh, a Rosarina we saw in the WBC, uh, big personality, big postseasons he's had last three or four seasons. Uh, Brandon Lowe, Yandy Diaz, uh, I don't know. Because I looked at the Rays, they're second in average. They're on base percentage first, slugging right. first, OPS first, home runs first, runs first, first in ERA, first in le- uh, giving up the least amount of walks. Giving th- their pitching staffs giving up the least amount of home runs. But you look at that team on paper. What do you say? They're really good. 
They're they're a quality ball club. Are they as but good you, on paper as everybody else? Never. And no. and it's something to do. And and I don't want to. Uh, I, I I'm going to give Kevin Cash some credit right here. The culture he has set in Tampa Bay is like no other. I mean, who do you know that year in and year out in a tough division that American League East? You got to fight with Uncle Get, Aaron and you got to fight with the Red Sox. The two biggest dynasties maybe in the game of baseball. You're in that division and year in and year out, Tampa Bay's going to that postseason. It's remarkable. I, I'm done figuring it out. Nobody can pick this. I don't care who you are and how big of a guru you are. You can't say, well, the Rays are going to get off to a 13-0 and start. Oh, by the way, Glass now, he, he's on the IL to start the season. No rhyme or reason, but they do it time and time again. I'm done figuring them out. So why doesn't everybody else do it then? <laughs> they should start. And and oh. with one of the smallest payrolls, year right. in and year out. It, it, it's it's called, unbelievable. It's called an arbitrage. So It's I, unbelievable. I, uh, so I worked there, and it, and it was a term that, that they brought over from Wall Street. Go look for something that, that everybody else doesn't value and then try to build as much as you can. So everybody else is looking for slugging. Everybody else is looking for home runs. That's why the market drives those those players to such high salaries. Nobody's looking for, well, who do I have that gets on base? That's one that people undervalue. So let me go build all that up as much as I can. It's pretty amazing. And then if you think about it, think about all the brain drain that they've had for years there. Um, Hein Bloom, the general manager of the Red Sox, was a former Tampa Bay Ray intern. Uh, Matt Arnold, who's the general manager of the Brewers, former Tampa Bay. Andrew Friedman, former Tampa Bay. They've got, like, I think I want to say five or six GMs or assistant GMs that one time worked at Tropicana Field. You look at all the managers, Derek Shelton in Pittsburgh, uh, Dave Martinez uh, in Washington. You can go through all these guys that had, man that had coached there, and they've all taken off. And they still win, Booney. Thing is, and I'll agree with you on all those points, but I do know as much as 2023 is different than a time I played in, and, and I'm coming around on the analytics, and I think there definitely adds value putting that in play. Uh, but it's got to be more than that. There's, there's a culture. There's a feeling when you walk in the locker room. Uh, there's a feeling amongst teammates. There's a look, there's a glance. I use that a lot, but but that that's real stuff that that I I caught lightning in a bottle a few times in my career, but it's not something that you just show up and, and every team has it or or every organization has. Uh that's why I give a lot of uh a lot of credit to Kevin Cash and whatever the tone he sets there, uh and his core group of players that have been there in the in the short term, I think that transcends to the other players. And I and I think it embodies Tampa Bay Ray baseball and and what they're about. There's there's the I just had Tom Glavin on the podcast and we talk about that that winning culture that you have in Atlanta and they had in the 90s and and in recent times with Brian Snitger at the helm they've recaptured that winning culture. I think that Tampa Bay Rays uh, organization has that winning culture when you become a Ray and never on paper do they. They don't, they don't have the star power and the names, but you walk into that clubhouse in spring training, there's something different about them. Like we win every year, we go to the postseason every year and we're going to do it again. And when you start thinking about that, it becomes contagious and it's something throughout that, that locker room that really is a real thing. 
you had a moment in time where you guys captured lightning in a bottle in Seattle. How many games did you win? A lot. 116. Okay. You, I think you won every series, but one all season long. I think we didn't lose a series until September. Right. Don't quote me on that. I, I might no, be we've wrong, looked it but up that's before. what it feels like. Yeah. So if the Tampa Bay Rays go 500 for the rest of the season, I think they end up with 94 wins. Right. All they have to do is play 500 baseball the rest of the season. What's it like on a daily basis when you roll in there and you're on a hot streak like that, like you had with your Mariners team, like they're going today, like we can't lose. It's very rare in this game, um, but I have witnessed it, and it and it's I can't explain it. It's like a magic carpet ride, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. You don't know why, uh, but it's a feeling when you take the field. Field, and and I don't want to get too hokey out there for no, the audience. <laughs> Listen to the Boom Podcast here, uh, but we would take the field in Seattle, and and I could feel the other team. They were scared of us. I could feel it. It was the seventh inning. We were down by two and you could feel in our dugout that we were going to come back. And nine times out of 10, we did. And I don't know why, uh, but it was just, it was just there. And, and it, it was a veteran team. Uh, it wasn't a bunch of young guys. It was, it, there were some batting champs on that team, MVPs, gold glovers, silver sluggers, a lot of all-stars. So it's not like uh, we weren't a great team. We were the greatest team of all time. No. But for that one year, we came together, and, and I think it, it was funny. We got to about midseason, and we had such a lead in our division. You know, and like I said, there's Fetcher guy. Norm Charlton's on that team. Jay Buhner's on that team that spent so many years in Seattle. And we just kind of looked at each other like, you know, this doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't arrogance. It was just – the way it was that particular year, we didn't take it for granted. We didn't think it was going to last for the rest of our, our careers. Cause we had enough trial and error, enough experience to know that this doesn't happen too often for that one year though. We didn't, we didn't want to talk about it. We didn't want to know why just ride that magic carpet. And it was great. And we didn't finish the deal and we're still a little bitter about that. All right. A couple things before I want to get you out of here. Um, I saw that the Washington Commanders, uh, Daniel Snyder, that sale is about to go through. If Brett Boone can buy a team, what team would you buy? I'm buying the Tampa Bay Rays, and I'm keeping everybody that's got that thing going there because they're going to be – I'm going to get them for a better deal. First of all, how much money do I have to spend? How much money do I have, Rich? Do I have um, unlimited funds? Am I Elon Musk? You're Elon Musk. Well, then I'm going to go buy the Yankees. Because the Yankees are their most iconic. They're the New York Yankees. That'll never change. I own that piece of real estate in the middle of Manhattan, or not in the middle of Manhattan, in the, the Bronx. Bronx. You're the New York Yankees. You can't go wrong with that. But it, from a business perspective, what I want to, I know the Tampa Bay Rays, they're making a lot of money. They got a low payroll. But just before one person comes through that turnstile, put it this way there's a reason that every time a franchise, and it doesn't matter how prestigious or how low on the totem pole that franchise is in, is in professional sports, goes on the market, there are tens, 20, 30 billionaires bidding. Mm -hmm. 
Billionaires are smart people. They become billionaires not because they're stupid. They don't buy products that lose money. So from a business perspective, I'm going to buy the Tampa Bay Rays. Eventually, I'm going to get a big-time stadium. I'm going to get a bigger following, and uh, I'm going to ride off with that formula and, and make a lot of money. All right, let me go back to the team that originally you said you would buy, the New York Yankees. Well, that's a flex. That's like having that's the gold glove no, in the locker. Hey, who, who's that? That's the owner of the New York Yankees. There's yeah. something to be said for that. So Brett Boone buys the New York Yankees. Two questions. What kind of owner would you be? Would you be hands-on like Mr. Steinbrenner, or would you be standoffish and never come around? I'd hire the best baseball people in the world that I know. And okay. they run my, run my franchise. I would... Uh, I would not be like George Steinbrenner. No, without a doubt. I, I would. But you know my, the game. I would give my two cents. I would give my opinion, but it wouldn't be law. That's why it, when I'm in the own now, if you put me in a in a service role where I'm going to be have a heading other than owner, well, then, of course, I'm going to I'm going to do things my way. But I'm going to hire the best people I know, the guys that I trust, that I respect, that are great baseball men. I'm going to get the greatest data people I know I'm going to put them together in a room I'm not going to have guys that are fighting about the data the data guys versus the the baseball guys no I'm going to find that if if you can't get along well then you don't work in my franchise but I want the analytical guys there I want the great baseball men I want them to collaborate get together give me the best product and I'll just sit up in my ivory tower and count the wins would you sit in the owner's box or you sit in the stands with the fans I'd do both. I think I'd be, I think I'd be uh, the owner's box on a daily basis, but I think I'd get down and hang out with the fans too. Cause I, I still to this day, it's been my whole life. Uh, baseball has been a huge part of it. It's my first love. It's something that's kind of um, just entrenched in me. So right. uh, I love going down and talking to fans and, and getting their feedback. What are you thinking? So, yeah, I think I'd be, uh, I think I'd, I'd do both for, for, Every day, I'd be in my booth. But once a homestand, I'm going to go down and hang out with the fans, see what they're thinking, see if they like this product. See, this I would kind of this is kind of fun playing this role. See, I wouldn't want to hang out with you in your suite because you'd have egg white omelets and and turkey sausage. Oh, I'd probably if I owned the Yankees, that man, I, that'd be tough to stay skinny. Right. All right. <laughs> Here's the big question: Brett Boone buys the New York Yankees. Yes. Because he's got Elon Musk type money. I could also buy the Cowboys would be someone to buy too. Buy the Dallas buy Cowboys. The, no, Why I not? tell you to buy the 49ers. Okay. 49ers. Yeah. We've had John Lynch on the podcast. You just let him do his thing. They've got the greatest equipment manager in the history of sports. That's true. Right? Okay. But here's the Gilby. question. Gilby. Yeah. Gilby getting a shout out. Here's the big question. When the, when the owner of the New York Yankees comes in and he's got his brain trust of people, what's the conversation when he, what, what's the conversation he has with the current skipper of the New York Yankees who still has that job? When Brett Boone walks in, do you go down to Aaron's office or do you make Aaron come up to the owner's suite? I'd go to Aaron's office. He's got a lot more to do than I do. You know, I, I I don't have a hands-on label, so I'm going to go down oh, okay. Aaron's. I'm going to go so to Aaron's gonna office. Go down to the clubhouse. I'm, I'm not going to make a spectacle of it. I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, it's not going to be the you know. It, it, no, I'm I'm going to go down and 
probably before anybody gets there. It's going to be early when Aaron first arrives. Right. I'm going to just go talk to him. I'm going to have some brother time. And then we're going to talk about today's game and, and what do we got set up. And then I'm going to it's not going to be one of those spectacles where I come down now. How good of a boss would you be in I talking be, to your brother? I think I'd be a great boss. I think it'd be you know a what? great boss. I, I'm like easy. To, I like I'm, to ask I'm, Aaron these questions. I'm a realist and I am uh common sense. Common sense always prevails. So I, I wouldn't be one of those guys that was hands-on and puts a lot of pressure on my employees. Okay. Now, if you don't do your job, eventually, just like in any job, you will be fired. So I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. The reason I hired you is because I trust and I respect the job you're going to do. So I'm going to leave you to do your job. You're going to get fired one day anyway. Everybody's going to get fired. And we right? all get hired to get fired. Correct. It's so hard. I'm not going to hire you, tell, tell you to do it my way, fail, and then I fire you. That's like a double whammy. It's like I, you I, might as well get fired doing it your way. I, I need to ask I need to ask Uncle Aaron if uh, Brett Boone would be a good owner. He well, we're gonna have Uncle Aaron on in a couple of weeks. All uh, right, you can ask him, him that. that question. This is this is you know this is the first time I've ever gone down this road. It's like what if like a little fantasy? <laughs> oh, I'm the owner. I'm Elon Musk. I can buy this. I can buy. That. It is kind of funny, but it's actually kind of weird talking about it. I've never gone down this this trail of questions before, but it's interesting. All right, last thing we're gonna talk about. We, we're gonna end the program every week. With Boone approved, I got two things for you, Booney. Yes. Two things for you. Stanley Cup playoffs are starting. NBA playoffs are starting. If you got to pick one to watch, which one would end up being hashtag Boone approved? NHL. They're my favorite athletes. They're the most unassuming. Uh... Are you just sucking up to Glavin? No. Yeah. I already got Glavin in the can. I don't have to suck up to him. NHL players, they've always, they've, really they've, all, they've always been my favorite athletes because they're unassuming. Right. They have the least ego of any athlete of all the big sports. And I've often wondered why. Unless you're Gretzky, that big of a name. Nowadays, if you're a star in the NHL, you have a helmet, you have a mask on. It's tough to recognize. So I don't think they go out in the public and get recognized. You know, baseball, your face is right on the camera, especially if you're a starting pitcher. NBA, you walk you walk into a restaurant. There's not too many 6'10 guys walking into a restaurant. People know you're an NBA player. NFL, <laughs> those are big boys. You kind of know when there's an NFL lineman sitting at your table. Uh, but NHL guys are just kind of everyday you know, in they shape, look like human beings. they look like, human right. Beings. And, and I've always, my interaction and not that I've had a ton, uh, but my interaction over the years with the NHL players, they like to go out. Like I said, they check their ego at the, at the door. They like to go out. They like to have a good time. They like to drink beers. I don't drink beers anymore, but they like to do that. And, and they're just good guys. And they're kind of, uh, you know, all of us, all of us play the, this game at the highest level. And of course, to some degree, our ego gets, we get caught up with our ego. Cause when you have everybody telling you how great you are and you, and you do this for a living and you're have 50,000 fans cheering for you every night, the subconscious takes over. When you retire, you get away from the game a little bit. Like I have, you start to live life and you see things that are important. Uh, you laugh at yourself when you were 30 years old, when you thought you were the cat's meow, you know, it doesn't mean so I look at young players and, and we all have egos, but it just seems to me that, that the NHL players always consistently 
from a percentage standpoint, were the least egotistical of any of the athletes. That includes baseball, football, basketball, uh, any other sport at the highest level. So I'm going to say Boone approved in the NHL over the NBA. All right. And now we know that Brett Boone has to watch his weight. He doesn't get to go with Rich to Golden Corral whenever he wants. And where the fat asses go. (laughs) So you're saying Joe West and I can go to Golden Corral. Joe West can go, and you can tell him I said that. And and now we also know that uh, he understands that you can't lose your keys because you got to call a car smith, uh, a locksmith. That's right. But I got into my safe. There you go. And now you can wear your ring. Hunting season's coming up in October. I needed those. I needed those shotguns. There you go. All right, that's it for turning two with Booney. We do this once a week. Who else do we have coming up on the podcast, Brett? We just had Glab. We've got uh, Mike Sweeney, uh, the All Star in the Hall of Fame for the Kansas City Royals. He'll yeah, be out Monday. We're going to have uh, Griffey Junior. out next Wednesday. Always cool to that's catch kinda, up with. That's kind of bearing the lead, isn't it? Hey, yeah. who are you having coming up? Uh, you know, a couple other guys. Then Junior. Junior. He's always fun to have on the podcast. And then next Friday, you'll be back here with Turning Two with Boone. That's right. All right. Hey, until then, thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Rich Rear. That's Brett Boone. Have a great weekend. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 